moment you've all been waiting for. Another episode of Marketing Management and Money with your hosts, Ryan and Ryan. We're so excited to be here today. Can't wait to talk about a little bit of a different topic that we've kind of not really tackled before. We've mentioned it a little bit, but never really dove into the details of buying and selling a business. Yeah. That's going to be a little bit of a different approach to the topic of marketing management of money that we usually take because well, but, this is about... But here, here's the thing. It, it's not really that far-fetched because as a small business owner, okay, first off, it's a great way to get into business. And so that's the, you know, the buying side of things. But also if you're successful at some point you want to sell your business. Well, not everyone is. Some people like to pass <laughs> it on to, you know, like a, a, a next generation, Sure, but a, a very viable option is to sell your business. Oh, for sure. And very few entrepreneurs have any sort of training in how to sell the business. Well, and, I, I don't think it's an option that entrepreneurs who are looking to get into business think about, right? I mean, the only option or the only time that I think entrepreneurs would think about this is in terms of like a franchise, right? But let's say you're out looking to buy a, a paper mill. You know what I mean? No, no. I don't know what you <laughs> mean because I've never thought about buying a paper mill. Sure. But I mean, I could buy a restaurant. That's a very common one. Yeah. A clothing boutique, those sell a lot. Retail. Online businesses. Food. Sell retail. a lot. Okay, online businesses. I can buy it on that one. Okay. I'm thinking more of like manufacturing, commodities. I'm going to go out and buy staples. a paper mill right now. Like, you that's... should. You should because you know what? I don't think. I don't like know anyone who years. owns a paper mill. I don't either. But I can tell you this. Total tangent here for a Is second. Is that even a thing anymore? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, because we use paper. Right. So and we just print it. I, I was in a training. I was doing this financial <laughs> training and I like to know who's in my trainings, especially, you know, mo most of my trainings, uh, it's really nice when you have about 20 people in there and you take a minute and you kind of figure out who's, you know, who's here, who's representing what businesses. Sure. And so, so when I have those smaller trainings, I, I go around the room and I'm like, okay, who do we have? And this one lady, she's like, uh, yeah, I own a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like legit? Like legit. 100%. She owned a gold mine. And I, admittedly, I had never come across that before. And, and, okay. And, and I, was, I was like, as a small, like you classify yourself as a small business. She's like, oh, yeah. And, and she's like, and it's really tough competing against because, you know, the, the gold mining industry has become so big that there are hardly any small businesses doing this anymore. And so we really have to be competitive if we want to uh, survive and, and keep going. And, and it, it was a blast teaching them. But I'm like I, baffled right now. <laughs> I'm well, blown away. You, you threw in the paper mill, and that was hypothetical. I'm going to sure. get real here for a second. If you're trying to sell your gold mine, which I, you know, yeah, this, <laughs> this lady. Sell your gold mine. <laughs> she... Her small business was a gold mine, and uh, it like they they had run it. I, I can't remember if it was a second or a third generation. She hadn't started it. Um, it okay. you know it kind of gone through the family. I believe it was a third generation. Um, and yeah, they just what That's what, what what had happened is so this is this is in the state of Utah, 
and the uh, you know her her pioneer heritage, whoever you know, like grandpa or whoever I don't know who did it. Um, he came in and he kind of staked a claim and found out that it was a decent claim to have, and they just kept working it and you know and passed it down through generation and uh, and it wow. Was, it was a gold mine. It, it was a lot of fun doing a financial training for a gold mine. <laughs> that's super interesting. <laughs> I, I that's I think that tops <laughs> that that tops the list of small businesses to work with. I, well, I I enjoyed it. We'll we'll, we'll put it that way. But okay, that's we gnarly. We're, we're we're talking about buying and selling businesses, and uh, I, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I like derailed we to, everything. We need to close this episode out. Thank you guys for listening. It's been great. I got to go take a breather and check back into reality here and figure out where in the world I'm at. <laughs> no, but seriously, I don't think that, I mean, again, I think that if you are looking to buy a business, usually entrepreneurs are looking at uh, franchises, right? Like a, a, a common, food chain yeah. or, or, or whatever. Um, but and I, and I throw out paper mill because it's like not not something that you would franchise. This would probably be a privately held company, family owned, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So as as an entrepreneur coming into the world of small business, if I that's an option. It, it's nutty to me. It, it, it's a it, little bit weird. It it is. And I, okay, so this is what I'm. Gonna I would say. never do that. By the way, I we, would never buy a small <laughs> paper mill. <laughs> I don't know the first thing about paper. So franchises. Um, I, I, I feel like we at some point here in the near future probably need to do an episode on franchising. Um, you know, whether you want to buy a franchise, get into a franchise or whether you want to franchise your business, um, Ooh, how to how to prepare your business to be franchised? Yeah, it's uh, you there know you it's it, it really is a, uh, a great way to grow your business. Yeah, it's, it's an option that a lot of business owners they don't think about, and they're just like, "What? I can't franchise. I'm I'm not a McDonald's." And I'm just like, "Dude, do you have any idea how many franchise businesses are out there?" Yeah. You know, they're, they're all over here in the United States, and so many of them are international as yep. well. Now, admittedly, I don't know anything about international franchising laws, but in the United States, yeah, I worked with a couple of people that were doing their franchising, and it, it was interesting, you know. So, we're not going to go there today. I want to keep the buying and the selling uh, kind of more uh, uh, more of the the actual true buying and and selling and not getting so much into the franchising. And, sure. And one of the common things that happens a lot is uh, people will use a business broker. You know, whether they're looking to buy or whether they're looking to sell. And the easiest way to <laughs> you know if, if 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 someone's not familiar with this, picture a realtor for buying and selling a house. This but, this all seems very. Like black market esque. Uh, no, this is this <laughs> like, is like you're total... gonna go down to your your business broker. <laughs> Meet him in the alley. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure that that exists. That's not at all what I'm referring to here. These are legitimate <laughs> businesses. 
um, you're, you're typically going to find brokerage services in all of your major cities. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a common thing. People don't think about it because it's not every day that you go around buying and selling a business. Right. You know, so, but uh, you got to grow it for 30 years first. I, well, there is some truth there that like, if you don't have a history, don't, oh man. Okay. There, there, there's an amount of time that you've got to put into your business. Like if you're, if you're going to say, okay, we're, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. You're me, all over the map. Here. I'm all over Let's the map. Let's pull it in. <laughs> Deep breath. Let's start. Let's start with buying a business. Why, why in the world would you buy a business? Uh, okay. So, uh, buying a business, what it does is it gives you some track record. And if you're going to buy a business, the very first thing that I'm always going to look at is I'm going to look at the financial statements. Yeah. If you don't know how to read financial statements, if you're not fluent in financial statements, you better get someone who is before you go buying a business. And this is this is the number one mistake that I see when people try and buy a business yeah. is they go into it and they're just like, oh, dude, they they, they have like such a cool product. And, uh, you know, and, and anytime anyone comes to me and they say, I'm looking at buying a business, will you help me? The first thing I always say is get the financial statements. Yeah. And I will tell you, most businesses that are selling – don't have accurate financial statements to give. It's not an uncommon thing for them to provide these half-baked, goofy financial statements. And the other thing is, is it's like, I want to see third-party validation. Like, I want to see that these financial statements came from, a, you know, like maybe an accounting firm Right. Or that there was someone else who looked at these financial statements and they're at least somewhat validating that this isn't just the person selling the business is like, oh yeah, here here's you know, here are my financials. There you mm. there you go. These are accurate. Yeah. Uh for sure. I, so <laughs> you know, I, I I looked at your balance sheet and the debt looked pretty high. What do you want it to be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How much are you willing to take on? <laughs> Hold on, let me get my eraser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can change that. It's just yeah. a couple of clicks here. <laughs> and and so uh, you know, Gosh. and when when you're looking at selling a business, how clean are your financial statements? And this again, if it's the number one thing that I'm looking for when I'm buying, it's also the number one thing that I'm consulting when I'm working with people who are selling a business is I'm like, how clean are your financial statements? And if that doesn't make any sense to you, if I'm sitting here saying how clean are your financial statements and you're just like, well, they look pretty. So I guess that's clean, right? Mm -hmm. like, we use like, company letterhead. <laughs> right. Not what we're talking about. <laughs> Try again. And you want some history. Minimum three years. Yeah. You know, and and for me, that is one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest red flags that I see if somebody's trying to sell a small business and they are under that mark or they're right close to that mark. It's really uh, concerning to me. It can be. It not always is. Sure, but it it absolutely can be because there's still a high amount of volatility going on in in a startup or a small business at mm -hmm. that point, and it's life it's still in its infancy yeah and i well i guess i should say it's likely that it's still in its infancy you do have uh businesses that mature very quickly and you know you have those rare cases but for the most part 
if you're three years deep into something, it's still brand new. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, and there's still a lot to be worked out. And so mm-hmm. when you're when you're considering buying that business, now even if the financials are clean, even if there is that they do have records, you know, showing everything, it still is you still have to take into consideration all of the work that's gonna go into helping this thing mature. You're mm-hmm. going to raise this small business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so you're going to have to go through all of those pains. You're going to have to take that small business through its teenage years. And <laughs> yeah, when, when it gets its hormones and gets grumpy all the time. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had anyone compare a business to like <laughs> puberty <laughs> to a teenager, but it, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be there when it goes on its first date. You're going to have to be, it sort of works. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like, I, I'm 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 trying to make fun of you here that you decided to run that, but you're really just impressed. But I could tell. I, I sort of am. I'm just like, huh? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's not that's not the worst analogy out there, huh? Off so, the cuff. That's why you pay me the big bucks, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so once I'm going through the financial statements and I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for what is, what is good, what is bad. Uh, I need to understand some ratio analysis. I need to understand some comparables. If I don't understand this and, and I'm not going to go into this, this episode, we have quite a few episodes on, you know, like break even, uh, you know, right. income statement ratios, uh, looking for, you know, cleaning up bad financial statements there are several podcast episodes. And so if that's something you want to start educating yourself on, you know, go through our library, check it out. But in this episode, I kind of want to just talk about the things that I'm looking for and not necessarily go into those calculations as much. And so once I've, once I've analyzed those financial statements and the financial statements look promising to me, um, then I'm going to start looking at some other things. And this is not necessarily in any order of importance at this point, but these are all things that I have to clear this hurdle before I will consider, you know, mm-hmm. moving forward. Right. So, you know, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is the customer list. Like, I always want to see who are your customers. Like, you better have a customer list and I want to see some some history on that. You know, yeah. I, if if they're claiming that they did five million in sales last year, and you go to ask for a customer list and they can't produce one, or <laughs> you know their top customer is a hundred thousand dollars, there's some disconnect there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> better take a second look. <laughs> and so, so I, you know, I I want to see the customer list, and I want to see that the customers that they connect to the sales that I just reviewed on the financial statements. You know, right. It needs exactly. to make sense. Yeah. And I, I, I'm looking for anything that's out of the ordinary. I'm also looking for customers that are not going to stay with me as the new owner mm-hmm. because there's a lot of loyalty there. And, you know, I mean, obviously you get into your non-competes where if, if you're buying a business from someone who has 20 years of expertise, uh, you know, you don't necessarily want them selling, making a, you know, a killer profit and then going two blocks down the road and opening up your competition (laughs) and stealing all of those customers that you thought were validated. Right. You know, and and even if this is a friend, even if this is, especially if this is a friend, (laughs) well, okay. uh, Let me dial that back because I don't mean like a friend, somebody you hang out with and watch football games with on the weekend, whatever. I mean, like somebody that you, you trust, right. That you're familiar with and Dude. you, you think like, Oh no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't burn me. 
They oh, burn you. Yeah. All's fair in love, war, and business. Yeah. It's seriously. <laughs> it's I, just, I have seen that more times than I care to admit. I, I've sad. felt that more times than I care to admit. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just like, good heavens, people. You know? And, right. And so, <clears throat> yeah. The, the other thing with the customer list that I think is super important to recognize is if this is a service-based company that you're purchasing, mm-hmm then you're really likely to lose a lot of those customers. If this is a product-based, it's not as likely because people are more attached to the product. But on the service, man, there's a lot. It becomes a little bit more personal. It does become personal. And it depends on the service as well, correct? Yeah. Because there's a difference between providing carpet cleaning services and you know, esthetician services. Right. Yeah. You build a reputation as an esthetician and people are like, no, I want you. Yeah, exactly. But carpets, I get them cleaned, you know, every couple of years. As long as it looks good. Yeah. I I don't even know who's coming and cleaning them, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. And so so, so that's one of the things that I'm going to be looking for. Uh, I'm always going to ask, why is the owner selling? And so, again... If you are on the selling side, if you're getting ready to sell your business, why? What what is it that you're what is it that you're looking to do? Because this is the thing that drives me crazy. If someone's trying to sell a business and they're just like, you know, let, let's say that they're in their mid 40s, they've owned this business, they, you know, they they brought it up over the last 15 years and they're going to tell you how this is just on the pinnacle of growth. Yeah. I'm like, well, then why are you getting out? Right. You're you're still in, in your business prime of life. You're young enough that you can run with this. Yeah. And you're trying to tell me how amazing it is. Why aren't you staying with it? Yeah, there's you know? some disconnect. And, I, and that comes back to, like you said earlier, looking for some things that are looking for things that are out of the ordinary. Yeah. Right. Something like that. It's out of the ordinary. Right. Now, if, uh, you know, if it's a lady who she's in her 70s and she's like, well, I want to travel. I've always wanted to travel. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm none just, of my kids want this. Yeah. I'm, that I'm, happens a lot. I'm, I'm, yeah, it does happen a lot, you know, or I don't want my kids to have this. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that happens a lot, too. Yeah. But they don't call it that. Right. <laughs> Not going to mention any names. <laughs> You know, happens, that happens a lot with farms as well. Like that's happening. It's a problem nowadays is that, you know, these farmers have kids and their kids are like, I don't want a farm. Yeah. You, you know how you make a million dollars on a farm, right? You don't. You start with four million. <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's a... That's a whole other topic. That, that, is, that is a whole other topic that I don't know that I'm fully qualified to... Uh, I would love. I would. I think we should have another podcast where we we just talk about whatever we want because I could I could talk about that for a long time. I actually am really into that. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, pulling it back. Um. Now, there's something that is uh, the the valuation on the business, and this is really important to understand if you are getting ready to either buy or sell. How are you going to set your price? Yeah. How do you know what to sell it for? Right. And usually the uh, the seller has to kind of start this process and the buyer gets to to counter this process, you know. Right. And so as the seller, if you if you're wanting to sell a business, then you need to think about, okay, what is my business worth? 
there are typically three ways that you evaluate a business. And so the, uh, the first way, and this goes back to those financials, it's called your book value. And it's honestly just looking at that balance sheet and figuring out what assets do you have in the business? What debt do you still owe? How much equity is in the business? And you do a book valuation. And, you know, what are those assets worth? And can you sell those assets? Is there yeah. any intangible, you know, like maybe you're trying to sell some some brand recognition or maybe you're yeah. trying, to, trying to sell some intellectual property rights. Right. Um, those get really tricky to, yeah. to evaluate and, you know, and so, so that book value, uh, it goes to the clean uh, financial statements. Then you're going to look at those and you're going to come up with, okay, what is this worth off the financial statements? The, the next one is going to be a cash flow valuation. Now I want to point something out here on the cash flow valuation. Again, where is cash flow found? on the balance sheet. Right. And I've seen so many people try and sell their business off of a profit and loss. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, guys, it's the balance sheet that you want to look at when you are, you know, selling and buying a business. And anytime that, that I'm consulting with someone and, and I'm like, okay, give me the financials. And they bring me a, a, a P and L a profit and loss. And I'm just like, immediately it cues me into the fact that they don't know what they're doing and their financials are not clean. Yeah. You know, and, and that doesn't mean that their business is bad. Right. But it, it just means they haven't had the experience of going through and taking it to that next level. Or that they are cooking the books. One of those two things. There is that. I, I'm <laughs> trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, man. You said this wasn't a black market thing. I'm trying to keep it out of that. <laughs> so, uh, you know. It's the balance sheet that matters when when you're buying and selling a business because it's the cash flow and cash flow valuation and cash flow forecasting. And so, you know, I'm going to do kind of a net present value calculation or an internal rate of return calculation. And again, like I said, I'm not going to go into the calculations here on this episode, but if you're getting ready to to, you know, sell your business, Run a net present value calculation on your business. Run an internal rate of return off of the cash flows on your business. And, and, and use that number to come up with a cash flow valuation. And it's not your profits. I, I can't yeah. say that enough because everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know how to do a net present value. I just take my profit. I'm like, okay, the fact that you are taking mm -hmm. your profits tells me that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, Cash well, flow. And, and if you feel like you just got smacked in the face with the <laughs> eyes glazed over like I did a little bit. Get with somebody who knows what, what impact these things can have on your business, right? Get with somebody that, that you trust to give you sound advice in terms of um, your, your small business finances and have them help you out with these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> so the the final one and but I want to go back to to what you said with get get with someone who knows because I'm I'm gonna give some advice on on how to find someone who knows sure but but I want to cover Fiverr yeah <laughs> that's that's all I do just look it up on Amazon right I I, <laughs> I will sell your house for <laughs> for fifteen dollar oh fifteen dollar gig <laughs> yeah the gig hey it's a gig economy man I know. I know. <laughs> Dude, I so want to see if that's on Fiverr now. 
Oh, dude, there's no it, way. It's probably on Fiverr. I'll look it up. Okay. So the final one is market valuation. And this is just what are comparables selling for. And it's not just the direct comparable. You know, if if I'm trying to sell, um, you know, may, maybe I, I have a jewelry making business uh, and I'm trying to sell that, I'm not just competing against other jewelry making businesses. I'm competing to any business that travels to different events and fairs and showcases their right. wares. And so, you know, I... I, I need to kind of broaden my horizon and, and realize that when someone is looking to buy a business and oftentimes when someone's looking to buy a business, man, they're very open. They're like, okay, I've got $50,000 cash. Uh, I'm willing to take out a loan for another 200. So what can I get for a quarter mil? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's their attitude is, you know, they, 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 they don't care so much what it's in, and you'll find this a lot. When people are buying businesses, they're very non-particular about what it's in, for the most part. And they just they just want to get something that meets their criteria in terms of, you know, what's it going to cost them? What kind of, uh, you know, financing do they need to do? And what's the expected ROI on it? You know, and, and that's, that's so weird to me. <clears throat> but but that's that's a, that's a common common thought process, you know. So, if, as you said, the ice glazed over, if you thought to yourself, you're like, holy crap, so I have to do a book valuation off of my balance sheet, I have no idea how to do that, and then you told me to do this net present value calculation for my cash flows, no idea how to do that, oh, and then the easy one is a market valuation, no idea how to do that, and you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't know how to do this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So when I started off at the beginning and saying there are business brokers out there, like it's very much like the uh, realtor for homes. If you don't know how to sell your own home and that intimidates you, you hire a realtor. And business brokers work very similar to realtors, where you know they take a percentage of the sale of the business and they do all of those calculations for you. They do the valuations for you. And, you know, yeah. it's like a realtor. A realtor comes in and they do a market assessment and they say, okay, this is what homes are selling for. This is the recommended, you know, condition of your home. These are some things you can do to make it sell better. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to list the price that the realtor gives you, but they are experts and they do have experience in that. It's the same thing with a business broker. So, you know, if you're getting into that and you're feeling like, hey, maybe maybe I don't know what I'm doing here, yeah. then, you know, there get a business people, broker. There are people you know. out there that can help. Yeah. there For sure. You know, but selling your business, it's a smart thing to do. It's a great way. You don't always have to hand it down to your kids so that they can fight over it and <laughs> run it into the ground. You can just <laughs> sell it off to somebody. I'm joking. Well... You're not. Statistically, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's really unfortunate. I, it is unfortunate. So, but anyway, with that, I, th- I think I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up there and uh, just encourage you to, to to check it out, learn a little bit about it, and I I guess I just want to know: Can you sell a home or sell a business on Fiverr? I don't think so. 
You haven't found it. So I, f- I found I found one that it says I'm I'm not sure if this is this is it, but it uh, says, we we are not recommending this. By the way, <laughs> we're just we're just goofing <laughs> off here for a second. Okay, <laughs> I really love that you had to qualify that. Thank I was you. getting nervous if <laughs> someone's like. Those guys recommended Fiverr for selling my business. It says, I will business planner, broker, negotiator, dealer. I think. Sounds 100% legit to me. If you want to start a business with small money, then I will assist you and teach you that when, where, how you can invest your money. Cool. I need some details also, like your credit card information and (laughs) social security number. Yeah. And starting gig price on that is <laughs> $15. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, 15 bucks. We do not recommend Ooh. that service. Okay. You can get business experts for the premium of $25. $25. Sounds like experts. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care.